Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 505 from September 4th, 1997, a Thursday night show. Closing out the week with another best of guests Tom Arnold and David Allen Greer. Uh, this episode contains a portion of Classic Love Line 450 with Tom Arnold uh, from back in June, uh, some new interstitial content, and the only known clips of the first appearance of David Allen Greer, Dag, on Love Line, uh, the radio show. After appearing on Love Line, the MTV show promoting Mikhail's Navy and hitting it off with the boys, they decided to invite him over to the radio show and see how the chemistry uh, flowed there. It turns out it went great, and Dag would go on to become one of the most frequent guests in the history of Classic Loveline. Uh, he has over 15 appearances, nearly 20. We'll find out the full tally once we uh, archive the rest. This is his debut, episode 1. It seems to be from April to July of 97, probably in the April-June range. We have not yet numbered it or dated it, and this is yet the best audio we've uh, yet to receive. This is a real treat, and I'm glad we were able to finally provide some David Allen Greer in the Classic Loveline feed. There's very much more to come, and it gets even crazier and better from here. This seems to be a more subdued David Allen Greer in comparison to the variety of moods and roles he filled in his future episodes on the show. I can't wait to share them with everybody who listens. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to check out more of my work, please see SuperfanGiovanni.com. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Welcome with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you, you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Love Line's meant for an adult audience. Love Line may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yeah, yes. Engineer <laughs> Mike. Mike, did you just pot up my mic late? Is that what that was? Or is there something wrong with the mic already? All right. Uh, all right. What day is it? Forget it. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carroll. That is uh, Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician, addiction medicine specialist, and uh, is uh, very qualified to be here tonight. Uh, tonight, our guest is uh, Tom Arnold. You know Tom. Uh, well, I guess uh, started off married to Roseanne and uh, basically uh, has parlayed that into a nice career. And uh, True Lies and uh, Mikhail's Navy, nine months. Many other uh, projects and uh, has a new show uh, coming out on the WB in September called uh, The Tom Show. Hey. Hey. All right. All right. You know you've arrived when they're naming stuff after you. There's this new uh-huh. trend in uh, TV, by the way, where people are getting uh, shows named after them. And not only that, but there's some shows like uh, News Radio, I believe, where the characters are named after uh, a lot of the cast. Okay. That's uh, not a new trend, by the way. It is. You ever heard of a little show called Lucy? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. They used to do that. I think they originally did it that right. way. And uh, with my show, I'll take, uh, if somebody's got a better name for it, which I'm sure there is. So I, I was trying to think of a name. Adam Crowell that would, uh, Yeah, that would be good. Uh, but I was trying to think of a name that, that people would say, well, that's the show, when they look at the TV guide, because the WB is a smaller network so far. Do they let you name it? Well, yeah, if you write it and 
Oh, okay. You know, if you come well, up with a show. Well, tell us about it. You, uh, well, I play, uh, it's, uh, I play a guy that was married to a talk show host, let's say Oprah, mm-hmm. very successful, have uh, two kids, two daughters, 13 and 8, and we get a divorce. I'm the producer of the show. And, he, and uh, you know, it's an ugly divorce, and I have to go back to St. Paul, Minnesota from L.A. and try to find a job because I can't get one in L.A. Right. And so I had to take my two daughters back there because I have them during the school year. And uh, I, I started a station that has a uh, – I'm going to produce a show. Uh, Ed McMahon stars uh, – is a, a talk show host. Mm-hmm. Uh, more, uh, uh, Breakfast with Charlie is the name of the show. It's like a local show. Yeah, but he's been doing it 43 years. <laughs> he's a legend. Basically, they had me come back there to kind of uh, – Get rid of them, <laughs> and then they'll fire me, and you know I'll be the jerk from out of town. And uh, I go back there, and I, I worked for Ed, uh, his character when I was a kid, Moda's Yard and stuff. Worked around that station, so I go back to the same place, and a lot of my old friends that I grew up with are there, and you know have to start over. And my ex-wife's show is on is the number one show on our station, right? So she's on the monitors, and she bad mouths me at the end of every show. Well, uh, tell us uh, tell us how the process works. I mean, well, do you, 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 you think, come up with the idea yeah, and then shop it around? I came up with it and took it. Uh, this is the place I took it. You know, uh, the Universal uh, asked, uh, Universal Television said, we'd like you to do, or like to sign you to try to develop a show. And uh, I thought that, well, I'll give that a shot. And I said, well, I got this one idea. So we went to uh, Warner Brothers and the WB and, and I pitched it and they said, great. And uh, then you then, such, I, then I, you wrote it. Yeah. And let me uh, let's uh, let's get some history here for a second because uh, most people know who you are yeah. by now. But uh, I guess your story is I, I don't really know your complete story. Right. So, I mean, you, you started, don't read the trades. Uh, no, you started off as a stand-up. I know that. Right. I started off. I grew up in Iowa, and in 1983, I moved to Minneapolis to try to do stand-up comedy after I left the University of Iowa. And, um, and now, how old were you then uh, when you moved? To, Twenty-three. Uh, all right, and you started just uh, the club circuit. Yeah, yeah. I started. I had you know had a job too. I was a bar back and a bouncer and stuff, and you know started doing the open stages. And then after a year or so, I was able to travel a little bit and then support myself. And I lived there five years and moved out to L.A. in 1988 to uh, write on the Roseanne show. Who I Roseanne, who I'd met in '83 when she was traveling, uh, just started doing comedy herself, and was uh, one of her first road gigs. And uh, was the headliner, and I was the her middle act. Uh, now, had you uh, started a relationship with her back then? Or uh, well, did... we were friends, you know. I mean, this is before she moved to L.A. You know? Right. And uh, we were uh, friends fast. You know, we hit it off. We liked each other. And, and you know, she uh, would come back and perform where we'd go on the road and write stuff together. But you uh, you started as a writer on the show before right. you began a relationship uh, yes. with her in that capacity. Yeah, of a, a more of a personal relationship. Yeah, yeah, Intimate. because that's uh, it's you know it's not common knowledge. Yeah, uh, most people assume that you guys met up, had a relationship, and right. then she brought you onto the right. show. No. All right, so you 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 earned your way onto the show. Well, I think so, and uh, you know it was a great opportunity that she didn't have to give me. Right. But, um, you know, after I was there, I kind of figured out what I was doing and uh, work my way up. You know, this shows a lot about talking about uh, surviving adverse experiences in life. And right. you, when you were up here last time, you talked a little bit about some, some tremendous right. stuff you had to get, dig mm-hmm. through. And uh, Well, I, you know, I, I feel like uh, everybody goes through all these adverse experiences. Uh, Not true. Well, a lot of people, you <laughs> yeah, know, everyone the sexual true. stuff. when They were kids, perhaps, and, and uh, alcoholism and drug abuse and all this stuff. And it's really what you do and... And you work on it, and then put it behind you. Hopefully, or turn it around. 
Well, most people in the industry, especially uh, the talent, especially the comedians, especially the female comedians, I've been uh, finding out, yeah. uh, a lot of the motivation for them going uh, the direction they went career-wise is uh, because they uh, suffered some horrible atrocity. Right. Uh, a lot of alcoholism, some molestation, right. uh, what have you. And uh, it's not a coincidence that they're now up on stage uh, performing that and working it out that way. Well, so. a, lot, a lot of people don't choose to get treatment, though. No, they yeah. don't, and, and that's you, bad. And you, and you had, yeah, you know, I've been clean and sober for uh, seven years and six and seven months now. What was your uh, drug of choice? Uh, booze and cocaine. And you know, uh, I tried them all, but I, I like those the best. And what finally got you into treatment? Well, uh, it was uh, I realized that I couldn't stop, and I'd ruined uh, at the time I was engaged to Roseanne, and uh, we were getting ready to get married, and she canceled the wedding, and she. Uh, uh, you know, I'd been in rehab before and talked my way out of there, and she canceled the wedding, and I lost my job, and and uh, everything was falling apart, and I'd finally admitted to her. You know, I'd been lying to her and saying I wasn't doing it. I just couldn't sleep for five days, and it was really, uh, you know, it was I was a bad but, character. No it's, the, no, it's the usual story. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, not an, it's not your bad person. It's right. just the usual history of addiction. Right. But, addiction uh, so I, I went into rehab this time, the last time, and I, you know, was basically there to kind of, you know, get it all together so I could, you know, get my relationship back and my job and, and people would maybe like me again. And, and, but I was there on the eighth day I was there, um, something weird happened and, uh, I just, I start I was feeling good and, and I thought, well, maybe I deserve to feel good. It's kind of nice. And, and so, um, you know, it was a situation where we definitely were not getting married and, and we talked on the phone and I, and I said to her, you know, I love you. We'll, you know, we'll always be friends and everything, but you know, I think I'm going to do this for myself, and uh, and then she said, of course, well, we're getting married. You know, if I'd have known it was that easy, I would have said it, to, you know, in the previous eight days. <laughs> you know, but it really, it, it was good, and I've worked on it every day since. And uh, so you, you go to meetings and oh, uh, yeah. do the 12 steps and all that? 12-step program, yes. And uh, what have you replaced it with? Are you into, like, uh, a new skydiving or anything? Uh, no, no. I, uh, you know, uh, I've always been a compulsive eater. And uh, that's something I work on. I, I work out a lot now, and I've lost a lot of weight. And and uh, but that's still there. I mean, sometimes I feel like uh, you know I don't have booze, drugs. Uh, yeah, the idea, you know, Adams, you don't replace feelings with things yeah, like thrill-seeking, thrill-seeking, yeah. and drugs. Theor- theoretically, you don't. But we all know uh, when you as soon as there's a ten minute break at AA meeting, it's uh, chain smoking and right. coffee pot yeah, drinking. Th- th- that's because people with this disease are biologically prone to seek activation of that part of their brain. Right. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they have to do it every time they have a feeling. And, and you should, you know, the first year I was sober, I, you know, my sponsor said, "Hey, you know, uh, eat whatever you want, do whatever it takes." He says, "I smoked, you know." Marlboros, no filters. I, I did what, whatever, and so for the first year, I gained about eighty pounds. But I was sober. Right. I really, I mean, I didn't drink or use. And then the second year, I started working on that. Right. And you know, that's something I work on now. It's hard not to eat when you got a bunch of money now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially, you know, you think, what do you got to live for if you can't eat? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? Like, in, I'm sure when you're, uh, you had a lot of years where you're struggling, right? And it was pretty much uh, macaroni and cheese for the fourth night in a row, and you could right. do without. But you could still say, you could still say, stay fat doing that. Trust me. <laughs> There's a lot of fat poor people out there. It is true. It's I'm true. Always, yeah. always amazed by that. I think it's that surplus cheese. Yeah, All right, uh, we'll go to the phones, and uh, Tom, you just uh, jump in. You know how the show goes. Yeah, uh, have a good okay. time, and uh, we'll get uh, more more into you uh, as we move on. Kyle, 23. Hi. Hey. Tom, you uh, stole the show on True Lies and uh, Nine Months. Oh, I just thanks. wanted to let you know that. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I second that. 
And Adam. Yes. I wanted to let you know it's it's high time we had somebody in the media who's uh, going to step up as a spokesperson for masturbation. I've been on ten proud years of it, and I think that you know how they give people like their silver wedding and their golden wedding. Right. They ought to come up with something like that for masturbators. Do you agree? Yeah. It'd be it'd be a great thing. Uh, I was a uh, nominee for the uh, for the silver hamper uh, medallion uh, last uh, three years running. I, I lost out, but uh, yeah, there should be some sort of uh, plaque well, uh, would, with, would, with a bullseye. Not on. a ring because that would hurt. Yeah, something <laughs> you, you put on your other you know, hand. The thing about it is, you talked about replacing addictions. You know, obviously, there's a lot of sex addicts out there, and that's a you know a temptation absolutely for everybody that. That is sober or tries to get sober or whatever. I mean, that's or, that's, or, a, that's a killer right. too. That's right. But uh, uh, you know, I find that you, the masturbation thing. You know, you you I, you're on the road. You you're doing a movie out of the country for three four months at a time, and you know, if you got a good tape and and uh, you know, you get get you out of a little bit of trouble. Yeah, it's like uh, packing your girlfriend. And I've got. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a two of them to though. travel. See, I always do. I like the two women together. Kyle, one one last quick comment on the masturbation thing. I want to open up the masturbatorium, a place where uh, all right, Kyle, the, of the world can get together and not yeah, spread this, disease. This, this, you, you have a little too much. <laughs> well, you start that. You get a license for it and see how it does. If it's you've a got success. A, he's got a extra time on his hands. Yeah, uh, uh, what'd you call about? Clean up aisle five. Okay. Um, I've been around the block a few times. You know, I'm 23, and I, I know what to. What I don't want out of dating relationships, and I was wanting to get from you, mainly Dr. Drew, since you see all these uh, weird people, um, maybe some key things to to look out for when when I have a prospective girlfriend. Yeah, have you have you chosen bad people in the past? Is that what happens? It sure. I, I, and like I don't mean it. bad, but I mean relationships that end up bad. No, Are you were, masturbating right now? Yeah, That's just is he? No, okay. I, uh, I think I wore myself out. I'm going to take a night off. Do you have any history of abuse? Have you lived through that? Absolutely not. Not. No, no but do you, do you tend not. to choose people who are from that history? Well, I get a lot of girls with uh, with babies, and I think that that's never. It's never been a good thing for me. Is there any alcoholism or addiction in your family? No. Okay. Um, thing to watch out for is chaos and drama. People who thrive on that and need that usually are using that as some form of reaction to something not healthy. And if you're attracted to them, uh, that's trouble. To the drama part. Well, I just mean if your compass is sort of screwed up in relationships, well, if you're really attracted to someone, chances are they're screwed up well, because that's what attracts you to but them. But he doesn't, he hasn't, in that little cursory interview we did, we didn't find out that he has something that typically causes an abnormal compass. Right. I'm but the I mean, guy in the world. Yeah, right. but it, sometimes you're you not know, that healthy. Yeah. You wouldn't be chasing after uh, so, screwed up women. All kinds of subtle things when you're growing up: over-involved parents, under-involved parents. Uh, you know, aggression on the part. Of, all, all kinds of things that are not Guy, overt abuse. Guys can, like to be the hero. You know, if if, if a woman has a kid and she's on her own, you like to come in there and uh, be the hero. And if if you could do that, that's the greatest thing in the world: be a step parent. But if you can't, if it's it's you know. But you see, if you need to do that, it's because right. you don't feel good about yourself. Right. You got to come in and have a project to validate your own self-worth, and that's not a good relationship. And right. um, uh, I've never dated. A woman who had a child, but I'm guessing uh, they're a little more receptive. Uh, what I mean is, is they're a little more enthusiastic about dating. You know what I'm saying? As mm. a single mother, mm. uh, because it is stigmatized be in this society. Too. If you're a young woman, 19, 20, you have a, a, a two-year-old, uh, you're going to tend to um, sort of broaden your dating spectrum just mm, a little bit. You more. might be more cautious because oh, you're really looking for somebody who's good for Jesus the child. Jesus Christ! Right. Drew. You see Jerry Maguire? Yeah, yeah. You know that's the same. There thing. you go. All right, uh, Drew. What are you? Uh, is this like point counterpoint? You know I'm right. We're here. just Stop trying. Offering. We're just trying Tom out tonight to see if he'll make a good replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom. Oh. Uh.
Melissa, 15. Hi. Um, my boyfriend, like, touches me in places that make me feel uncomfortable and scared and stuff when we're on dates. What do you tell him? Well, I tell him to stop, and he calls me, like, a baby and says I'm just, like, wimping out and stuff. So he, he demeans you. He, he, yeah. He makes you feel bad about how, yourself. How old is he? Yourself. He's 17. Uh-huh. And how long have you been going out with him? About a month. Uh, but he's your boyfriend. Yeah. And why'd you make him your boyfriend if he is up to this? Well, he didn't do that at first. Uh-huh. He's been doing it, like, the past, like, week. And, or two weeks, I guess. How much have you done with him physically? We've kissed a couple times, but we haven't, like, done anything. But he just tries touching me and stuff. And if I break up with him, I'm afraid he'll, like, come after me or something. What do you mean, come after you? I don't know. It's just, like, he'll, like... Stalking me or something. No, the fact that he wants to touch you doesn't mean that he's necessarily a stalker. Did, did you have somebody violate you when you were younger in some way? Or? No. No, you haven't been physically struck no. or anything like that? Uh, no, guys will do this, okay? Uh, this. this is what they'll do. And you, your job is to learn how to say no, okay, and how to stand up for yourself and how not to be in situations where you have difficulty saying no. Okay. If this really makes you feel bad, you have... You must learn to stand up for yourself because it's what's right for you. What's he do when you say no? He demeans her and tells her. Yeah, I know, but does he does he stop? No. You see, it's, it's illegal well, I mean, to he, do that, by the way. So, I mean, does he essentially rape you? Well, not really. But he doesn't stop? No. I mean, if you physically try to get away from him, what would he do? Um, Probably, like, grab me or something. All right, so this guy's an abuser. In some fashion, yeah. I mean, at least it makes you feel like you you could be victimized by him. Yeah, yeah Melissa, um, pardon me, but you sound real naive and maybe even... Uh, I know you're only 15, but you sound even younger than that. Did you... Uh, you sure nothing happened to you along the way? No. You just uh, haven't had any boyfriends before this guy? Not really. Okay, this just seems. Drew, do you yeah. think there's something up well, here? Well, it may just be that she's been sheltered. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, I I wondered if there was something up because he did. She did choose this guy, uh, but why do you like the guy? Well, I don't anymore. At first. Oh, good. Yeah, see, see how healthy her. she is. Here, here's the deal. If he does, Drew, if he I've is never not. Never seen Drew so excited. You scared me, Drew. If he is not concerned about how you feel, Melissa, if that, if what he's doing makes you feel bad and that doesn't matter to him, hell with him. Right. <laughs> I just, uh, I just thought I'd let you carry the show for an eighth of a second. Macy, uh, fifteen. Can you believe we get paid the same amount, Tom? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, are you sure? <laughs> oh. oh boy! Oh, that that would really be it if I found out he made more. Oh, Macy, fifteen. Hi guys. Um, I just want to say, Doctor Drew, how do you put up with Adam all the time? Oh. It's work. It's a job. <laughs> okay. Um, my question is that um. I've never really had a boyfriend, and I'm a virgin and everything, but I met this guy in school, like, two years ago almost, and ever since I met him, I've been, like, really almost obsessive. Like, I've never been sexually attracted to anybody except him before, and he's, like, totally not interested. How old is he? He's 17, uh, 17 right now. Um, and he's not interested? No. All right, get over it. No, Move on. she won't. Of course she won't. But it's also normal and age-appropriate to be obsessed. And at least it's not, uh, you know, 
somebody completely uh, uh, right. some You should hook up with the guy, the last gal, right. large guy, and reverse. Yeah, he's 17. Yeah, it's not. wasn't like uh, when I was 15 and into Susan Anton pretty heavily. It's not uh, that far out of the realm of She's possibilities. Still She's still pretty hot. Oh, I know. I was no idiot even back then. All right, so he doesn't. he's not interested in you. I don't think so. Have you checked it out? No. He's 17. Well, why not? Because, well, like, we kind of avoid each other because he used to like me a lot, and every, and he used to, like, crush me, and it scared me because mm. I was really scared of guys. Hmm. Oh, well, he, him, if he used to like you, that's something. And then, um, but he got over me because I was so scared of him. I was, like, running away from him constantly. I was like, you know, like, stay away from me. And then he, he got over me, and ever since then I've been, like, really attracted to him. <laughs> You wonder why this country's in so much trouble. Uh, all right, Macy, why don't you just go and uh, apologize? Uh, tell them, uh, um, you know, hormones have uh, set in. No, don't they all, and, Just uh, ask right. him out to, for coffee or something. Yeah. And see if he wants to go just out. Just go up to him and, uh, as a matter of fact, let me talk to him. Do you have his phone number? I don't. All He's right. out of town. All right. He's in New York. Okay, listen, go up to him and, and say the following, Macy. Okay. Uh... I, I know we've uh, had our differences in the past, uh, and I'd like to bury the hatchet by buying you a cup of coffee. Okay. All right? Yeah, that sounds like something a 15-year-old would say. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I, that's, that's why fun. I told her to repeat you, after you have, me. You have kids, don't you? No, I, I, had, I had stepkids for five years. Do you still, you still have a relationship with them? No, no that was uh, something that the lawyers and the mother didn't want to. Really? Yeah. Did the kids want to have a rela- continue relationship? I, I, you know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. We, we had a good one. I mean, that was a, what, about the, that was probably the hardest thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. fought to uh, have uh, visitation rights? Well, I would have liked to have had a relationship, but, you know, to continue to talk to, to them. And yeah. one of them called me, and then uh, we had a little reconciliation uh, at one time, and the kids, it was great. The kids were, you know, they're like, well, at least you guys are being adults. It's great. And, you know, but, uh, you know. So important to the kids to have that sustained relationship. Yeah, well, they're, they're great kids. How old are Roseanne's kids? I suppose now, uh, well, she has, a, I think, a 24, 25-year-old, and then uh, the other kids are maybe 22, uh, 20, and 17. But uh, they're mostly adults. Yeah. Uh, I sure. mean, certainly uh, lawyers cannot uh, dictate no, whether no. they keep in but touch you gotta with somebody. But you, you got you to respect what your mom wants you to do. I, and that, that but is, isn't it, it, I mean, was that just sour grapes? I mean, was she just, uh, at least in your opinion, just sort of punishing you? Yeah. No, oh, okay. Because that's what it sounds like to me. It's it's really sad uh, that you know things have to get, <laughs> things have to get this far in life. Yeah. It's amazing that, uh, and I'm sure uh, nobody uh, will um, will back me up on this more than you. But it's amazing that the person, at least, uh, I've never been divorced. I've never been married, but I hear stories. Mm-hmm. I know my own parents. People that were so in love uh, that they decided to share a house together, uh, get a, a joint checking account, and uh, screw every uh, third night, uh, now ha- hate each other yeah. more than um, uh, Stalin uh, hated uh, Mussolini. I mean, how does that, you, you know it's what I mean? It's quite thing. ironic. It could go one day, be one way, and the next day be totally opposite. Like, uh, boy... Hell, right. hath, hell hath no fury. Right. There's a person. Uh, there, you know, when uh, the uh, when you look back on your life in your deathbed, there's a person uh, that you were terribly in love with, that you lived with, uh, that you married, and then there was a person who became your arch uh, enemy mm-hmm. in a uh, in a bitter bitterly uh, disputed everything with them, and that was the same person. 
Love and hate are closely aligned emotions. And it's it, throwbacks to our early development and how we feel about our parents and ourselves. All right, uh, Dr. Freud. Some people are better at it than others. About being hateful? Uh, about, yeah, about t- turning, turning, you know. Uh, turning. It, it would be hard for me. I've never been able to do it because of, uh, it just, it, see, it's an unnatural thing. To do what? To to go from hating to go from loving somebody to hating them. You're not good at like vendettas. Well, it, it you know it, no, people that really no. do that with with great uh, alacrity uh, usually have particular kinds of personality issues. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's very well that's very true. well put, Drew. All right, that's why uh, he's the doctor and uh, he gets uh, paid uh, ten dollars to every uh, dollar I make. Oh yes, that's at least sure. if you break it down into syllables. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, Drew, sell the hell out of the next call. It's the least you could do. Uh, a 13-year-old question about yeast infections. All right. Come on. Come up with something better than that. All right. Here's one for you. Adam, I want your opinion. This is Mark. Uh, he's getting involved with a stripper. All right. Now we're talking. I'll be right back after we kill the singer. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. I can't imagine life without Mangrate, baby. It's 100% made in America, 100% cast iron. Put it right on top of your existing grates. Weighs eight pounds, man. These things are like uh, dumbbells. Beautiful. But not invented by... Dumbbell. This guy's a genius. Steakhouse flavor right there at home. No flare-ups. You get the sear marks and everything. Take advantage of the Adam Carolla Show special. Nineteen ninety-nine when you enter Adam at checkout. So, and one of your original. I wasn't one of the first oh, advertisers. Like yeah, a, a this, going back. This old school. Old school. What old? What's old is new again. Limited time uh, offer. By the way, you get the four man greats. You get the uh, fourth one for free. So you order up. Two sets, and you get the fourth one free. Mangrate.com. Enter the coupon code ADAM. Hello? Hi, it's me, Ross Matthews, America's gay. Listen, I get it. Life is hard. Okay, we all struggle. Boyfriend problems, girlfriend problems, job problems, life problems. Which TV show to watch? Honey, I get it. You need help. That's why I'm here. I'm the gay best friend you wish you had, and honey, you know you need. It's Straight Talk with me, Ross Matthews. This is tough love, honey, but it's worth it, like plucking or waxing. Get your weekly gay pep talk right here on podcastone.com. All right. We're here with uh, Tom Arnold, uh, Dr. Drew, and myself, Adam Perrault. The show is Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. And uh, that's enough. Uh, the Tom Show on the uh, WB Network, starting up uh, Sundays, first week in fall. Uh, sorry, first week in uh, September. Hmm. We're talking about freeways. And uh, we're all fast drivers. Uh, you know, I think you can be a safe driver and a fast driver, but it always uh, pisses you off when there's some guy in front of you that's holding you up. Right. And my take on the thing is this. Um, the speed limit should be sort of a floating thing, depending on uh, a few elements. And one of them is the car that you're driving. Huh. 
I mean, if you got uh, some guy and he's uh, driving a you know '72 uh, Subaru Justy with three and a half cylinders, and uh, he's got uh, never heard of that before. '90 series, uh, you know, he's got shopping cart tires on right. it, and the the back is he's, he does a little gardening on the weekend, so the back is loaded with manure, <laughs> right. uh, and he's going 75. Uh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Tom Arnold over here uh, driving the, uh, the Callaway Vet uh, with <laughs> with the uh, tires that. Costs more than uh, the guys Justy, just one of them that are speed rated uh, by some uh, some kraut uh, for 215 miles an hour and uh, you know speed sensitive steering, a car that's capable of right. 200 miles an hour. Uh, 75 is crawling. Right. I don't think minivans should drive in the fast lane. I think a lot of times I'll see I come in on the 101 you know every day and. Boy, I tell you, it's so frustrating. First of all, people get offended if you come up behind them, and they're in the fast lane, and they're driving 65 or 55 or 60. They have got to respect the fact that they've got to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> they really do. That, that's what a lot of well, it by, by the way, most down. of the country does that. There's a, the fast lane is either passing or passing, right. going past everybody right. else. And they get offended. But here's the way I look at it. You pretend in your mind, if you, you know, you, nobody likes people coming up behind them and they got to show you how it's done. You flash your lights, so you don't do anything. Pretend that guy's on the way. He's, he's got a, needs a liver transplant. He's on the way to the hospital. He's been beeped. Then maybe you'll be able to move over or some right. sort of emergency situation. Just pretend that because that may be the case. And then get over. I don't care about people. I don't care how slow they drive in the slow lane, but just, you know, gauge it. And, right, you know, and and just stay out of the way, and that that also helps for you getting offended, and and just, they'll slam on their brakes sometimes. Don't do that. They might need a liver or a heart transplant, and or something, you know. I mean, that's how I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way for these people to accept the fact that somebody's going to go blow right. by them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Tom is speaking of uh, his chauffeur honking the horn while he's getting oral pleasure in the back of the stretch. But either way, the man is in a rush. Uh, you know what my favorite thing to do is is. Uh, I hate it when I get behind somebody who will not turn right on a red. They're parked there. Oh, There's sad. no traffic coming the other way. Or when someone's just pulling out of a supermarket parking lot and they're just parked there and they're not going to pull out in the street unless uh, Caltrans comes in and puts cones down and stops traffic. But here's the thing that's funny. It only works on a, a small percentage of the population, but it's always a good one. They will sit there and, and they will not budge. Even though there's no car in sight, they will not budge. And then traffic comes up and then you give them a toot on the horn and they will go flying out in front of a cement truck at yeah. that point because people cannot stand to have you behind there knowing your arm with that horn. All right, uh, Tom Arnold is here, so is Dr. Drew, and it's, uh, was this the one you sold, Drew? It's one of them. Uh, I thought we were going to talk to Mark. We'll do this one first, quick. All right, uh, Shanna, 13. Hi. Hey. Um, I was just wondering if it was common to have a yeast infection at the age of 13. You had something like that? Yeah, I've had like a, like a bunch of them. Actually. And you had a doctor diagnose that that's what it was? What? Did you have a doctor look at you to make sure that's what it was? No, but, like, I, like, had, like, kind of, like, the symptoms on. Are you sexually active? No. And did you use any kind of any of the over-the-counter creams or anything like that to treat it? Well, I did once, but I, like, only did it, like, it was, like, a seven-day treatment, but I only did, like, once. All right. If you don't treat it completely, it's going to come back. All right. Okay. So, really, all you've had is one. It just hasn't been fully, fully eradicated. And, uh, yeah, it's very common for women to start well, what, having What is around. the earliest yeast infection on record, Drew? Do I you don't know, know that? I, I don't know that off the top of my head, but it's usually, uh, it can begin around puberty. Uh, isn't it time for the gynolotrimin minute or something and, and where you go a, back in they history? They have a new product on the market. I watch the commercials. That's a one-day treat. One is day, it three days? Well, you know, and that's something, too, and I'm not talking about this gal because she's a young kid, but... Uh, 
I think women should be stocked up with stuff like that at home, and so it's not a surprise. Oh, I've got this. I guess I have to go to the store because every minute, every day that goes by, that, that you know that they're they have this. That's a day that maybe you won't be able to be together romantically, and I think it hurts the relationship. Right. You should uh, go down to the Price Club. Uh, right. Get, get a guy with a forklift right. and a, a fifty-gallon tub of a gynecotrimin. Well, well, you know, you should get stock up like a tampons. I mean, it's a common thing. It happens to my wife all the time. She has to go get some. We have a. What do you mean you got to go get some? I, if I knew every 30 days something was going to happen, I would go down to the Price Club. We, we've got tons of toilet paper there. I know I'm going to have to use the bathroom. Why is it like a shock? Oh, I'm sorry, we have to go over here at 7-Eleven real quick because I don't have anything. I mean, that that's ridiculous. Women buy tampons as if they're going to hit menopause any minute now. <laughs> uh, a 22-year-old woman uh, could just buy, buy them single, like uh, you buy cigarettes at the counter of the 7-Eleven. It's more the opposite, that oh. they're in denial that this is happening and don't really want to deal with it. Right. It's great. We need a fourth guy in here to comment <laughs> on why women, uh, how women purchase tampons but, and what's wrong with it's it. A, it's always amazed me how much young women, 13, young teenage women particularly, are, are freaked out by things like yeast infections, which are common things. They're normal. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. If they are recurrent, certainly things like your blood sugar and your thyroid and your nutrition need to be assessed. But it now is easily treatable, over-the-counter medicines. They now have these ultra-rapid treatments, the, the terazol-type drugs and the monostats out but there. But it has to do with puberty, doesn't it? it? That's about when it starts to happen. It, it can start happening around then, yes. Oh, I am... Uh, do I tight am... pants have anything seriously? <laughs> Those uh, wearing no, nylons not. or something it's, like that. It's more about the bacterial makeup of what's going on in there and things like antibiotics mm. or, or having having sexual relationships or changing nutrition, uh, that sort of thing, uh, activity. I, I really know nothing about the vagina. Uh, to me, it is like uh, Area uh, 51, or what is that out at Roswell? Uh, it's it's uh, I have something's going on over there. Uh, I just how don't old know. are you, and you don't know about the vagina? I'm 33. Well, you're, you you. Uh, I don't want to know. I, yeah. I I really don't want to know. The vagina uh, to me is like a uh, grand piano. It's beautiful when it's mm-hmm. tuned and and uh, waxed, uh, but it can go bad, and it needs a lot of maintenance. Uh, basically, I have a kazoo. <laughs> it never it never sounds that great, but yeah. it, nothing goes wrong. Are you gay? I I could be. Yeah, I could be. I mean, the, the way show. you're talking about the <laughs> vagina, it sounds like you know you're going. It's kind of icky sometimes. Uh, I think you should worship the vagina. I do. Oh, you do? Oh, yes. All right. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, things happen there you can't even imagine, and we could never come up with. Tom uh, actually has a picture of his wife's vagina in his wallet. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> I wish you did too. All right, guys. All right. All right. <laughs> Mark forty. Yes, hi. Uh, I'm uh, listening to you from 93 Rock out in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm dating a, uh, a girl that works at the uh, Embers uh, erotic uh, uh, place that uh, they have strippers and stuff like that there. Uh-huh. And uh, her uh, stage name is Utah, and the place she uh, dances at Embers. Uh-huh. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> What's that on the corner of, uh, Mark? <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Okay. And uh, anyway, she uh, she uh, she became a big fan because she couldn't listen to the show, and so I recorded stuff. So she's hearing this. Uh, she'll be hearing this. And uh, we only got oh, uh, I've been seeing her since '93 uh, for five years, and I've heard your situation with the girl. Was she from England? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, Catlin, my stripper girlfriend. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I've heard a lot of the uh, you know what Drew says. The bad advice that most strippers hate men. Uh, it's a love-hate thing. Uh, and, it, you know, I just wanted to, I can't see this, although that, uh, I, uh, expressed my feelings a long time. It took her five years to, to say anything, uh, you know, strongly, and that, that worried me quite a bit. Uh, Mark, is yeah. it, is it a totally nude place, or is it just topless? 
It's uh, no, it's not totally nude. Okay. Yeah, it's just topless. <laughs> Lap dancing just, uh, is there touching and stuff like that? A little bit, yeah. Uh huh. And um, how old is she, Mark? She's three years younger than I am. Okay, so uh, she's uh, she's getting ready to hang up the uh, g-string. Uh, I mean, uh, most strippers don't make it uh, that far into their thirties. Yeah, she's like I said, she's a big fan. In fact, uh, <clears throat> she has uh, big breasts like that. Uh, that you mentioned that you like. All in right. fact, <laughs> Mark. She just, yeah, Mark, she just recently Mark. sent uh, you her photo, and she's been. Oh, she, she did. Yeah. All right. All right Mark, Let's dig it out, man. Mark, uh, the deal is, uh, people that choose this sort of uh, vocation very often come from abusive past, particularly at the hands of men. And having to do this in front of men doesn't make them feel that much better about men. In fact, it makes them loathe men, typically. And uh, they tend to get in abusive relationships that are rather chaotic. And uh, that's just the pattern that's associated with having been sexually abused and choosing this sort of vocation. It's like uh, what you said about TV stars, female TV stars. That right. Come from these but it's, uh, you know, that type of performing, I mean, it's I don't see... I can't certainly say that I could judge someone who was a stripper, male, female, after I've done years and years of stand-up comedy. I, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's a very... I, 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 I would suspect the ultimate would be uh, uh, doing a three-minute set while you're nude. Right. Uh, that takes confidence. Live nude comics. This is uh, this is a brilliant idea. Except for I, have, I you know, I don't want to see uh, any comedians naked that that I can think of, except for maybe Margaret Cho. But that's just for a novelty. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, hey, Mark. Yeah, I just wanted her to hear uh, Drew's uh, uh, opinion uh, uh, of uh, the people. I, that I, I'm not I'm not disparaging anybody. I'm just saying that it's not necessarily a healthy acting out of things that happen to people. It, it tends to it tends to perpetuate the stuckness. Here, here's, uh, here's the deal on this show. We play the odds. Uh, not every female stand-up comedian is a nutcase. Uh, most of them are, but not everyone. Mm -hmm. Not every uh, stripper uh, hates her dad and uh, loathes men, but most of them are. Even uh, not every attorney is an a-hole. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. They all are. That's right. <laughs> all right. That's the one thing. I That's forgot. true. That's very true. We can all agree on that. All right. Uh, we got to go to break. More Love Line with Tom Arnold after this. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed sensitive areas. This is Chael Sonnen, and I am inviting you to join me for a podcast called You're Welcome. Every week, I talk to friends, enemies, newsmakers, who are either inside or in love with the world of MMA, wrestling, or any sport that involves topless grappling. You want names? How about I drop George St. Pierre, Daniel Cormier, X-Pox, The Iron Sheik, Jim Ross, Nate Diaz, Don Fry, Vince Russo, Minnie Rourke, Chris Lieben, and way more. New episodes every Wednesday only at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastOne.com. This is Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. Aloha, this is Don Ho, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Corolla and Dr. True. 
Mahalo. Uh-huh. <laughs> was he, was he, were you giving CPR right after that? That uh, was uh, Don Ho, yeah. Uh, Drew came in here with the crash cart and the paddles and the uh, lactate ringers and D5W and uh, stat and uh, brought Don back to life. Uh, there's a man who's probably uh, smoked half of Molokai. <laughs> He, uh, you know, we we're talking about pot with Don Ho, and uh, he uh, he didn't really uh, he he didn't really sidestep the issue. No, he knew a lot about it. Yeah. They yeah, do it in Hawaii. They like that. That's what they do. He uh, and and uh, and look at them. Uh, this is a this is a role model society. Uh, a lot of guys uh, wearing towels, hanging out on the beach, uh, paddling and uh, body surfing and uh, eating the whole pig. Uh, not just the uh, bacony part, but right. the uh, head, eyeballs, everything. You ever been to one of those luau's? No, Tom. I mean, wait, I, I know Tom. I just saw you on um, uh, hard copy. Uh, no, no, no. Kerna could be any of them. One of those things. No, it wasn't yeah. bad. It wasn't oh, bad. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> you, you were uh, you were uh, judging uh, or uh, hosting or judging or both uh, the uh, Miss uh, Tropicana. Uh, oh yes, I did that last fall. I, Hawaiian Tropic. I got the opportunity to go to Hawaii and uh, you know to play golf. And uh, although I don't play, but to judge one of these contests, it was it was an incredible experience. And I think you should try it sometime. All right, so let me just uh, tell me if I'm wrong about any answer. Okay, go ahead. are you are you nominating Adam for that job? I think he'd be great. He needs a successor uh, to the throne. Yeah, he may, oh he yes, may, he may be able to. to I can uh, speak. Call Ron Rice. He'll he'll hook you right up. Is uh is uh he the guy who uh, runs Hawaiian yes, Tropic? Yes, he's the creator. He right. created it in his garage. Right. Really? <laughs> right. Now he's having sex with the women in the garage. But, all right. But, all right. Uh, no, he how... does. I don't think he has sex with those guys. He has like a, a one, you know, his gal that's really good looking, you know. Oh, I mean, I can only imagine. And this guy uh, looks like uh, the guy from uh, Far Out Space Nuts, uh, Chuck McCann. Uh, do you remember Chuck McCann? No, but he, I think he reminds me of Barney Rubble. A Chuck, bit. Great big television. Chuck McCann is the guy who used to do that old commercial uh, for the deodorant where the guy would open the medicine cabinet and he'd say, right. Hi, hi, guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, here's what Tom has to do. Uh, they pay you a bunch of money, I'm sure. No. Uh, it's all free. Oh, there's some sort of an honorarium. Deal, right. But, you well, know. you sell you, you sell the jag they give you. Whatever yeah. it is, you get some money. Uh, they fly out to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hang out with uh, fifty of the most beautiful women in the world. Uh, you shoot a round of uh, golf with James Brolin, right. and then it's uh, back to the states with a nice tan, a couple of new cigars, and a big fat wallet. Well, I mean, it's sort <laughs> yeah, of like that. You know, it, yeah. uh, you know, some of the guys they have regular judges that are like come to all of them, and they know all the gals. And they, you know, they have, uh, you know, they're the inside guys, whatever. And I was uh, not. Who, who are these regular judges? I would like to get on this circuit. Is it guys like Denny Terrio and Adrian Zmed? No, it... no, no. It's guys like, uh, well, I know Jerry Buss goes to a lot of them. And that's how he recruits Laker girls and so forth. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, lot. there's a bunch of guys. There's a bunch of guys that go and do it. There's also, you know, it was great. They had a woman that, and a lot of the guys were bummed out about this. But there's a very nice lady who has AIDS who uh, got it, had sex with Tim Richmond. The race car driver one time, you know, he was a guy that got AIDS. Do you know this story? No. Uh, he, yeah. Go, you go want ahead. To tell it? You could, well, he had this race car driver had AIDS and he went and had sex with a lot of people even after he knew it and, uh, and killed some of them. And this this uh-huh. lady is a friend of mine and she got it, got it and she, uh, very nice gal, and she gave a speech to all the girls about AIDS and condoms and, and everything the night before this thing started. So all the guys are all bummed out, you know, because they'd heard the, you know, the sad story. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so, uh, but they have a the variety type of people there. It was good. Uh, yeah, it, it, it looked like nothing but good. Uh, <laughs> Hotel. I mean, uh, all right. I, I it got, rained the whole time. It was right. where was it? It was in uh, somewhere.
were on uh, Big Island. But I was thinking to myself when I was driving in uh, with this uh, thought uh, in my head about seeing this, uh, seeing Tom on the show, that I have to, I think I'm at the point in my career, and this is uh, quite frankly why I got into radio, uh, that I should embark on some of these projects. Uh, it doesn't have to be Hawaiian Tropic. It could be uh, Miss, uh, Miss, Miss Paba, uh, whatever it is. I want to get involved with some of these. Try uh, it once. Content. Try it once. I mean, first of all, you sit there and you're supposed to, judge these women on their appearance and i thought they all you know they all you know i'm from iowa man they all look great then and so and and how do you it's so hard i can't imagine that the poise or whatever it would take to walk down with a little bikini and have uh, people man people look at you and judge you on your body i I mean what does that's something i don't know anything about i could not do it you know it's a lot of respect for them i'm I'm guessing most of them would prefer that rather than uh you uh have them uh recite some literature or something well they do speak oh they they do do. yeah they uh, they answer a couple uh, questions i see they get minus points for that (laughs) yeah (laughs) this one talked yeah well Uh, see god doesn't work that way he doesn't give every somebody everything no we would have to uh kill them dana 16 hello hey hey adam yeah i love you adam (laughs) love you uh is dr drew there i'm here (laughs) what's Um, up Dr. Drew. yeah um I think I may have HIV. Why? Um, my boyfriend, who is about, I don't know, about 20, um, his ex-girlfriend told him that she had HIV. And How did you find that out? Um, about three months ago, when I was going out with him, he was telling me how she was calling and they were trying to be friends. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he, you know, he goes up to me. And he tells me, you know, I have to talk to you. And he says, well, you know, Lori, she says she may have HIV. She may have HIV. Yes. She said she did, definitely. Now she knows she does. Definitely, you know, supposedly. What about him? About him, he didn't care. I mean, we were going out, and he told me if he had HIV, he'd kill himself. Uh, But has he been tested? Has he figured it out? No, he hasn't. And I haven't talked to him in about maybe a month. So because of this, you you ended the relationship. Um, not because of this. It was it was different. I kept leaving the toilet seat down. Why did you, why did the end, relationship end? Um, the relationship ended when he called me a fat bitch. <laughs> so you, you, this guy sounds pretty creepy, right? Well, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about himself. He's gonna kill himself. I mean, what happened so the reliability of the story already is kind of suspect. Okay, this is what happened. Um, I, I never had sex before, and we started going out, and I did have sex with him. And more than more than once. Yes. Did he wear a condom? No. Okay. Did, did you have sex after you heard about his ex-girlfriend? Um. Yes, and I regret it. You and You had unprotected sex with him after you heard that his ex-girlfriend was HIV positive. He told me it wasn't true because he called her. Okay. And, I mean, she called him, and you know, she was telling him, "Yeah, I have HIV," and she's a liar. How is it that she? How is it that she's supposed to have contracted it? Um, from she cheated on him with, with some other guy. Uh-huh. Right, well, and su- supposedly she got HIV from him, so she called him. All right. Have you been tested? No, I haven't. I don't know what to do. How long ago was your last contact with this guy? Um, about a month ago. 
Have you had any kind of uh, vi- any kind of flu-like syndromes? Any high fever, sore throats, anything like um, that? No, I haven't. Okay. Sometimes, if people are getting the infection, when the acute viral infection occurs, there can be a sort of a mononucleosis-like syndrome, and that's when the antibody typically becomes detectable. Mm-hmm. Not everybody necessarily gets that syndrome, but not having had that certainly is reassuring. Uh, but. Let me, let me say this. Uh, okay. y- you got to get tested, and we don't yeah. want to minimize uh, your plight, but uh, it, it, it doesn't sound, sound... Yeah, it sounds suspect. Uh, it, we've heard more yeah. dangerous scenarios. Right. Uh, right. I, I know it's you we're talking about, and uh, you know, even if there's a uh, you know half a percent chance, uh, you want to be concerned, and you want to go get checked. I definitely do. Get tested now. Get tested again in six months. I do suggest you either go to a doctor or a test site where you can get the pre-testing counseling, because it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff on your plate. And I wouldn't recommend you go to the pharmacy and just get the cheek membrane test. You know, there's stuff you can do. You can do blood and cheek uh, saliva tests now yourself. Right. Uh, and send that in because I, I think you need some counseling here. And then most test sites who are doing it responsibly will have a good deal of information to give you and hopefully settle you down a little bit about it's, this. Uh, it's ironic that that was not the reason they broke up. Yeah, we could have bet. We could have done a lot of things with this young lady. Uh, yeah, yeah. There will be gambling uh, before the night is through. Uh, Tom, I uh, hope you have something in your billfold. Uh, oh, great, great. You know, and the thing is, that gal should go sign up tomorrow to get tested oh, just so absolutely. she can sleep. Absolutely. Or, you know, it, get it over it'll, with. It'll be negative. And then again, it'll have to be done again in about five months, though. Uh, Megan. Hello? Hey, you're 16. Yeah. Um, I live across the road from my stepfather and with my grandparents. And a while ago, I guess it was, that he broke into the house and left in my room, like, a Hustler magazine, $20 bill, some flowers, and a note. What did the note say? Um, I didn't read it. I brought it straight to my grandparents. Good. Good instinct. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, uh, uh, you, you get the caller of the night award, Megan. <laughs> I gave him the money, too. Oh, all right. Well, now you're losing. <laughs> <laughs> uh what kind of history have you had with this guy? I like for the longest time I thought he was. He seemed so nice. He was like very nice to me. We talked a lot. I mean, there how, how old is he? What? How old is he? I don't know. He's like forty. Does 30. he do drugs or alcohol? He drinks. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds but, like kind of a like mm-hmm. a while ago, like before this, like when I was like ten or not ten, but like twelve or thirteen. He used to give me lingerie and yes. like. I don't. I didn't. It didn't bother me that much because he didn't say anything about it. He just give it to me, and then he wouldn't say anything about it after that. Uh, where's your real dad? Don't know. Where's your mom? She's gone. She went away. Where's your mom? She lives in another state right now. Why'd she go away? Um, I have to live with a friend. I've, I've like always lived with my grandparents because of like problems okay. with alcohol. Okay, so yeah. so your mom mom's an addict alcoholic too, right? Yeah. Okay, and and this guy, uh, on all likelihood, is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, your grandparents are um, sober. sober enough to, uh, you know, maybe alert the proper authorities here, or well, at least. That's the problem. They, what? They accused me of being with him. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Oh. All right. You're coming out here to live with Tom. That's right. i got plenty of room. <laughs> uh, oh, there will be God. some atrocities at Tom's house, but uh, they will pale in comparison <laughs> They're to They're eating, this. mostly bad eating. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the sort that Elvis's guests uh, got. <laughs> yes. A lot of fried food. That's true. And uh, bad cable TV on a, uh, a theater-sized screen. Uh, Megan, you're 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's your job. 
your job is to uh, try to remain sane until you can get out of that environment. Yeah. I know, because a- everybody around you is uh, effed up. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, it, you drag the kids down. Uh, I don't have to. We, we talk about this every night. But your job is to see if you can escape that environment with some shred of sanity so that you can uh, go out on your own and not recreate uh, this horrible situation by getting pregnant, by getting into substance abuse and alcohol and whatnot. Or, uh, how are you doing with guys? Um. I have a lot of boyfriends. Oh, you do? I right. mean, just one now, but, you know. All right, all right. Do you have protected sex? Oh, I don't have sex. Oh, okay. you don't? There we go. No. Well, that's she's, good. She still is the caller of the night. All right. And it sounds like she's living with the least effed up yeah. part of her family. Right. Yeah. Which is which is good. I mean, as compared to the right. most. Yeah. All right, uh, Megan. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. We're going to put you on hold. We're running late for break, and we'll uh, wrap it up with you when we come back. All right? Okay. All right. Stay put. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Loveline will be right back. Blinds galore, baby. Cool your home, man. You want to talk about it. I know it's getting hot. It's hot where we are. It's hot where you are, I'm sure. It's hot right here. It's hot right here. Oh. No. Yeah, turn the air down a little. Anyway, it, the, the sun just blasting through. I mean, think about how hot your car gets. Think how much cooler your car would be if you parked it out in the sun, if it had blinds all the way around. Well, that's the same thing with your house. And then also, everything gets bleached out. The fabric gets bleached out. The... You get bleached out. The carpet gets bleached out. BlindsGalore.com. Quality, custom-built blinds and shades made just for you. We use them here. Use them there. And it's the kind of thing you get once and you use it for the next 25 years. So let's get going. Free samples, free shipping, free design advice, and uh, real easy. And you save money over the big box stores. Blinds Galore. They really do have Blinds Galore. Go to BlindsGalore.com. Let them know I sent you. Let them know that uh, they are proud sponsors and that you heard it here. BlindsGalore.com Oh, hey, it's that Sugar Ray. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule here. Yeah, Tuesday, September 9th, they'll be back on. It's about time that song starts getting some airplay, Drew. How's that? This song right it's now. It's getting a ton of airplay, isn't it? Oh, it is? I'm still waiting for it to break. All right. You've heard it on the radio? I, 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 don't look at me about music. It's so please. easy to gaslight yeah. Drew. He's so easily confused. All right. Uh, Tom Arnold has left the building. He's uh, heading back to uh, Idaho to uh, seek out some more abusers. <laughs> he had more than one? Or something like that. He's like a. Um, he, he, he hunts. Uh, vigilante. He's a vigilante. Oh, nothing That'd scarier. Nice. That'd be great. Oh, some guy you felt up, and now he's got a whole bunch of money, and he's coming after you. Oh, Serves him right. God bless the Tom Arnold. Yes. I'd like him great to go guess, after my parents, too, by the way. You know, when people ask me, what, what was a, what was your most memorable guest? I usually will say Tom Arnold. Yeah. Especially if he's uh, in the room, right? Even, even if he's not in the room, I'll say it. All right. Uh, we're on tape. This is uh, Best Of. 
or at least uh, I I hate to call it best of. I'm sure we could probably do better in the Tom Arnold show. I I don't know if we can or we can't. Highlights. These are highlights from uh, from the weeks and months gone by here on Loveline. Next up, another guy we really enjoy, David Allen Greer, and we'll be back in ten seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Hey, we're back with more Loveline. And we're actually really getting into the meat of the order now. I don't mean guess-wise. But, you know, I've been studying the show, and I realize it takes us about an hour to warm up. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Drew has a uh, Drew has a very short period in which he's in his prime. I was going to say, then about 11.20, I start losing it again. Yeah, so somewhere between about 11.08, 11.10, and maybe 11.20. No, I think 10.50 to about 11.20. Right. That's prime time. Usually upset, distracted, mm-hmm. and um, and tight for the first hour of the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Then right as you start to loosen up, you become so loose that you doze off. But that's not toward um, toward 11.20. Yeah, yeah. So this is the part of the show where people uh, the people really should enjoy, hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm consistently bad throughout the show. Yeah, I understand. That. No peaks, a uh, lot of valleys. All right. Uh, David Allen Greer is here tonight. Great and, guy. Yes. Yes. We both are really a memorable guy, a nice guy. Smart guy. Smart guy. And uh, where did he go? Didn't he Yale. go to Princeton or Yale. something? Yale School of Dramatic Arts. <laughs> Who knows where everyone went to Everyone went to college. And, you know, when people say to other adults, uh, where'd you go to school? I always figure they're talking about high school, <laughs> by the way. Possibly junior college. I don't even think college. <laughs> I know it's embarrassing. Oh. Anyway, uh, David is here tonight. Tom Arnold coincidentally calls in right. tonight. To, they, uh, well, they're plugging McHale's Navy. Right, exactly. Uh, I, this should be comedy, by the way, because I think this movie made uh, four fifty. Oof. So uh, he'll so, be calling in. And Drew? I just started the night by asking him about his family. Can I talk about your, your family history? Sure. Yeah, I just found out that... Uh, he's not one of the Wayans? No. no David Allen Wayans. <laughs> How do you like to be called? you got too many David, names. David. David. Yeah. Um, uh, his dad's a psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. He's retired. Really? What? Uh, where? Where are you he was from? In a bay, well, well, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, but my dad practiced in Detroit and then in the Bay Area, and now he's retired to beautiful San Diego. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh huh. And where did you? Uh, we were uh, talking on the TV show. You went to uh, Yale. You studied yes. uh, drama there, mm-hmm. and and I'm guessing uh, you were bitten by the uh, acting or performing bug uh, pretty early on. No, no, you I weren't. wasn't. No, I wasn't one of those kids, and you know, Godspell. <laughs> no, I hated it. All through high school, I was a total, like, just, you know, I went to rock concerts and, you know, and uh, just partied. And you didn't do any plays in high school? Never. I didn't do any plays halfway through uh, college. I was just one of those guys. All my friends were, you know, like, had calculators. They were going to be engineers, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, and I was kind of, like, wandering around. And then uh, I wanted to be a songwriter, but I ended up being an actor. And when you enrolled in uh, or were accepted to uh, Yale, uh, what was your intention? 
to be an actor by that. You don't go there and go, I think I'll try this out. Right. No, it's a really intense program. But I thought it was like, oh, oh, I see. You went to another college and then you yeah, transferred. Yeah, graduate school. This I is, see. I'm the most educated actor you'll probably ever meet. Uh, well, wait a minute. Well, you're forgetting I'm, Polly Shore. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's be fair. I have an MFA in entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, where'd you go to undergrad? University of Michigan. Ah. At the time, it had the second highest suicide rate in the country. <laughs> really? Had, oh, I'm not kidding you. Mark it was always the smartest kid, like the kid that was yeah. all A's, yeah. right. you know, big fish in a small pond from something like Bay City. He came to Ann Arbor, and he got an F on his first chemistry test, and right. that was it. Snap. Toilet paper all around the room, and <laughs> right out the window. Yeah. Yeah, you know? see, it's too much pressure. Uh, uh, thank, I think it is. Thank goodness my parents never asked me to do anything. I'd be like, my uh, neither. Dad, it's snowing outside. Should I put a jacket on? Uh, uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. My mom would go, son, when you get out of prison this time, you're going to have to buckle down. <laughs> she didn't push too hard. <laughs> she didn't push so what's your mom do? She's uh, she got remarried. My parents got divorced. She got remarried. She's chilling. She was a, a kindergarten teacher, so she does have, have that infuriatingly slow delivery. Right. You know, it's very slow. <laughs> right. Let's try and keep our heads. You it, know that kind of thing. And uh, did she try to use some of the uh, sort of half baked psychology that was meant for the uh, four and five year olds on you? Like it's Whoa. it's not you that I don't like. It's the, <laughs> it's the things that you do. Oh right. no, you're not it's a much bad boy, more, yeah. but you're behaving badly. No, it's much more. I don't know where you kids get this from. You know that kind of stuff. This what? is general mom. Uh, uh, nature or nurture, ma? You pick it. <laughs> it's true. She's responsible either way. It's true. it's true. Thanks for driving that joke home. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled up to this curb, but you actually pulled it into the garage. Drew was helping me. Dr. Drew was helping me. Yeah, I heard you guys stuff, yeah. You guys no, were uh, getting into it a little bit uh, when I came in here, talking about uh, addiction and uh, yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And I, I didn't catch uh, David's angle. Well, I He's just, just asking I just, good questions. That's well, I just think that, you know, especially now, everybody's addicted to everything. You know, from shopping to chocolate to heroin. And I was like, there has to be a distinction between you must have, chocolate yes, addiction absolutely. and heroin. Yes. You know I mean? Right. Yes. It, it, to me, it's the same argument uh, with rape, which yeah. is, uh, listen, if your uh, husband of nine years gets drunk and rolls over on top of you while he's sleeping, that isn't rape. <laughs> And I'll tell you why it's not rape, because it takes away from people that were raped. Yeah, well, it's our, also, it's our job. It, they're our property, the women there. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> just kidding, girls. But uh, what, I'm, what kidding. I'm saying is, is if you're, you know, strung out on, on uh, heroin, right. and uh, there's some person in there who's uh, calling themselves a chocoholic. Yeah. Or, uh, you know. What about sex? There are 12 step Oh, that, that for, for sex. that's for real, though. You that know? is for real. But that's people, those are people who are addicted to other things, too. They are, they're very rare to see pure sex addiction. All right. What about gambling? Again, it's usually to, to really be, uh, from, my, from my experience, yeah. people who have a gambling addiction, it's usually in the context of other more severe forms of pharmacologic addiction. Mm -hmm. And they need to deal with that because the, those sorts of behaviors prevent them from dealing with the emotional material right. that they have to get into to get over the other addictions. Right. I like the remit, guys, like remit. I had a friend who is... A severe crackhead. He stopped smoking crack and immediately started drinking. Oh sure. <laughs> oh yeah. But, that, but that, that's he was a real very proud. That's a real of addict. The fact and, that and you know what they? It's, I see that all the time. And what, then what they do is go. You know, I stop the hard stuff. Exactly. I can stop this alcohol exactly. anytime I want, exactly. but I don't want it right now. Yeah, and, well, and that escalates. Then. Every every time they, you know, there's a ten minute break at an AA meeting. It's chain smoking, coffee chugging, and they're planning planning a Vegas run. Well, that's my mom. I remember one time we were watching TV, and she was we were watching this like uh, program about addicts, and all these heroin addicts, like teen heroin addicts, were all smoking cigarettes. She goes, yeah. cigarettes, death. 
It's all the same. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, come on. It's not heroin. Give him a break. She's like, God doesn't get breaks. <laughs> yeah, she was hard. She's right. a tough customer. She That's right. where you got your sense of humor. We all need, right. we need uh, his mom on the show. <laughs> it's true. We she wouldn't take it. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's, 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 let's reel the show in for just all a right, second okay. here uh, and talk about you for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, uh, was, was uh, In Living Color the big break? It was an addiction. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what? All of us on that show had been around kicking it. Some guys like right. Jim Carrey and Tommy Davidson and... Who else? Damon. Those guys came from a strong stand-up background, and they've been doing it for years. You know, they've been they've been kicking right. around. Uh, I'd been an actor. You know, I'd never really done stand-up or any of that stuff. Kelly Colefield was an actress, and it, I think that made a more interesting group when they, uh, Keenan got us all together and put us into this living color thing. But I didn't come there with like this pocket full of characters that I always wanted to. Right, but uh, you did a real uh, nice job of fleshing out some good ones. And this is a barrel of crabs, my friend. You have to go. You have to climb to the top. Yeah, or crook. and and in you, I, I was just watching it last night actually, and uh, it must have been a later uh, one because a lot of cast members were missing. Oh yeah, but you were there. Yeah, I and was, I thought, how many seasons did you do that for? Four. I, I was. I stayed on the whole time. I remember when Damon left, I felt like the last kid in Boys Town, and everybody'd gone <laughs> over the wall, and I was the dude stuck with Father Flanagan. You know, <laughs> they were all gone. He's talking about Jim Carrey. Yeah, right. it was Jim Carrey, and uh, well, Jim stuck. He stuck uh, for a long time, but you know, Damon and all those guys, Keenan left everybody. Right. Yeah. And so. it it was a uh, it was a real solid show. Yeah, it, yeah. It, uh, it's sketch comedy uh, because I used to do sketch comedy. Is a bitch. It's, it's hard. hard to pull off, it's hard. and it's hard to pull off uh, weekly. Yeah. I mean, uh, people. Have, I've said this a few times. They look at Saturday Night Live and go, ah, it wasn't good last week or whatever. It, it sometimes it takes a while to um, hone a bit. Uh, like stand-ups, stand-ups are mm-hmm. they, they're working the same half-hour act for uh, five years out on the road. Sketch comedy, you write it, you put it up, you do it, and then next week, uh, what else are you gonna, what else are you gonna well, do for me? Here's how naive I was when I, I did this movie called Soldier Story, and Robert right. Townsend, you know, he took me. We drove to the next town, and we saw Larry Miller, who's a stand-up, and I sat there as like a half-full club, and he talked for 45 minutes, and I went, what a wonderful guy. He he never said these things before. I mean, I, I really thought, right. like, I could never do that. Just, you know, little did I know, it's all an act to make it appear, you know, spontaneous and... Right. The it's 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 a real um it's it's sort of a compliment and a slap in the face. Yeah. The two comments I used to get when I did stand up is uh that was great what are you going to do next week? Which <laughs> <laughs> is like uh, oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Uh, that um that uh, and the next one was uh that was great. Uh did you just come up with that? <laughs> oh yeah. Which again is sort of a compliment that they thought you just came up with it, meaning you did your job. On the other hand, it's like, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you another lie. Yeah, I'm brilliant. The comic who says, "I just came up with that," mm. you know, right? <laughs> Which is every standard. Yeah, it's true. I never ever did that bit before. Right. Yeah. To the phones we go. Alex, nineteen. Hey. Hey. First of all, Dave, you rule. You're so cool. I saw you on the show. You you just you kicked butt. Thank you very much. And uh, hi, hi, Dr. Do and Adam. And uh, all right, I've. Is it all right if I have two kind of short questions? Yes, oh, go right ahead. God. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. First of all, there's this kid on my floor, and, and he is always talking about oral sets. He just can't stop talking about it enough. And he was talking about how he's done it to girls when they were having their period, and also he's done it to girls when they're having uh, 
A baby? A, a, no. Um, <laughs> number two? Uh, I mean, what? A yeast infection? Uh, uh, I'm just curious. I mean, that seems like it could be, like, dangerous. Could he get, like, thrush or something? Or is, is yeah, he like could get thrush. He, he could. Uh, what if, is thrush? If, it's yeast in the mouth. Uh, oh, if, I had a friend who got that. It was really yeah, bad. it's really uncomfortable, very painful burns. But but it's thrush is something that tends to happen as a result of immune compromise rather than as a result of exposure. In terms of uh, having oral sex when a woman is menstruating, uh, obviously we have blood exposure, potentially, and the blood carries the, uh, the viral HIV, so hepatitis. So scenario, you're talking away, you bite your tongue, you go down in the canyon, boomo. That's right. There's but but, but it, the risk, uh, I don't know that it's that substantially more than uh, oral sex in general. Uh, really? I don't know. Drew, I, uh, please, uh, come I, I, up with I, something. Can I ask a question? <laughs> no, I, I would imagine that it would be, but I don't know that that is out yeah, there. Yeah, sure. As a woman, um, do you find, does that turn you on if a guy would want to perform oral sex on you during Oh, God, no. Well, some women find that appealing. Some you women, have to it, ask, it's, it's Dr. one of Drew. Well, that's right. It's one of God's tricks. One, one of one, some women are actually more receptive during their period yeah. to, to uh, various sexual encounters. I, I think physically, uh, here's the deal: a lot of women are pretty self-conscious uh, mm-hmm. about uh, that area in general. See, and I don't date those kind of women. Right, <laughs> you're dating basically strippers wow! and prostitutes. Yeah, but even if you weren't, like someone like swallowing your blood clots—that's just nasty. Okay, now well, you've gone into that other. Yeah, area. yeah. If a guy starts doing that, that's getting kind of. All right, I, I'm guessing he is just sort of uh, bragging. Does he have a? How old is a guy? He's 18 or 19. Okay, it's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in college or something? What's the deal? Yeah, yeah, we're in college. He's on my floor, and he just like. He's always toggled about oral sex, so people on my floor, some people call him cunnilingus. It's like, <laughs> and he, he's, he's kind of weird in other ways, too, but. Avoid, yeah. All right, uh, Alex. All right, and. Uh, bless you, Drew. Uh, all right, so keep your uh, crotch away from his mouth. Oh, yeah. All right, what's your other right. quick question? All right, the other thing is, tonight, earlier tonight, at my, uh, my dorm had this, like, breast self-examination thing. Mm-hmm. And about a half an hour afterwards, I, I, I did it, mm-hmm. and I felt so many lumps right. in my right well, breast. That's and real I, common. It's for women to have multiple cysts. But I mean, I, I, I thought, I mean, I mean, I, I was like, well, maybe it's the mammillary glands or whatever. No, no. Some that. women are just prone to cysts. I mean, you might be able to diminish your risk of that by avoiding caffeine and xanthines like chocolate. Uh, tobacco certainly might increase it. But uh, the only problem with cysts really are that it's difficult to then feel a mass if there's something different going on in there. The Very di- for a layperson, it's yeah. almost impossible. Wow. But uh, get to keep doing it. Get to know the feel for things. You'll notice that around the time of your periods, you get, you get those cysts become more prominent, and you'll slowly begin to at least have some understanding of the difference. Dif- the, the, what a cyst is. Oh, and what between feels the cysts and the period, uh, we've now. Uh, Isn't we, life beautiful? Yeah, it, I, it I, I really don't like to look at women as uh, human beings. Drew. You, you know, you know my policy, Doctor Drew. I've been examining my breasts for years, and I haven't felt anything. <clears throat> no cysts. Okay. okay. No. <laughs> Men can get breast cancer, my friend. Don't you? That's laugh. true. Uh, right. Yes. Well, well let's Except get. Wait, for, wait a minute. They, what? No, this, we haven't said this in a long time. The men need to check their testes. That's young, right. young men get uh, testicular I think we have cancer. No problem with that. Don't no, we? I not check mine several times yeah. an hour. I, yeah. I do too. I hold a flashlight to the underside <laughs> of it, and I weigh them on a nightly basis too. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, it's, uh, out of the shower, uh, check your testes. Right. Anything anything hard, like a rock in there, get Ow. checked out immediately. Then uh, I want you to know we're talking about addiction at the top of the show, and I was thinking uh, really one of the few things that I'm addicted to is, uh, Two is pornography. Oh, you're not addicted. I enjoy it. Uh, well, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a maniac, but i got to tell you, I moved uh just a week ago, and uh, the VCR is not hooked up. Oh, that's your. That's why you you have You don't even eat. You, you can't even figure out when to eat. You're so Do screwed you have a up. Satellite TV? No, I, I have I got my bill last month, and it has like before on the old cable bills. They didn't say exactly what you ordered. Right. Well, this went through my business manager and came to me, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's right there in blue, man. Uh, McHale's oh. gravy on there. Oh boy. Look uh, out. Uh, no, I have I have no idea where my magazines are. They're packed in some box underneath the garage, and I get like a uh, at night, like after the show, like one o'clock. I get a I get a surge, and I go out looking for them. But uh, when I don't find them, I, I really I'm doing battle with myself, Drew. Do you have a girlfriend? No. Okay. Well. Well, I uh, actually uh, I do, but I'm not really. I don't I don't get any good sex. Oh my god. Because uh, I work every night, and she works every and, day, and. And I never see it. That's why you keep projecting that stuff onto me. You. I could help what? you so much. He keeps he keeps alleging that I have no sex life, and uh, well, you don't. You're, you're you're projecting. You have to. How many kids do you have? Three. Well, there's three times he got it on there, buddy. The triplets. There you go. Oh man, <laughs> one good shot, huh? In vitro too. <laughs> uh, in a cup. Marissa, twenty. Hi. Um, I was calling because this guy that I was kind of started seeing, we like the first couple of times we were having sex, he can't get hard. And then if he does, it takes a really long time. And once we put on a condom, it, like, totally isn't hard anymore. Mm. And then, I don't know, it's just frustrating. And he says, it's like, I'm the first person that that's happened with. Mm. Well, you, how long have you been seeing him? Um, on and off for, like, two, two and a half months. That's not a long time. And I bet it's mostly nerves, right? Yep. Yeah, you have to tell him, put that condom on at 8 in the morning every morning. Oh Wear it all day. Well, listen, you have to get used to it. He has to, You have to get used to each other, get comfortable with each other. Yeah. And if you really care for him and you, you know, don't pressure him, then, you know, everything should fall. Have you never had sex? Oh, no, I have. No, no, with him, though. Oh, before that? We, we, we've tried it about, like, maybe six times. I mean, it's getting a little better, but not really. I mean, he totally, he's not, fulfill, like, fulfilling me at all, you know? And well, I like him a lot, but I just don't know, like, is there anything that he can do? Or uh, All right, but uh, let me... Uh, David, yeah, David gave you the advice. L- listen again. Say it again. You have to relax. If you really care for him, you give it time. He's probably nervous. You know, there's a lot of other ways to have sex besides penetration, you know, yeah. like sexual intercourse. Right. And maybe you should discover those other ways and you become more comfortable with each other's bodies. And then, you know, you do stuff like, you know, throwing farts in bed. Then, it's, you know, uh, you're home free, baby. <laughs> doing the Dutch okay. oven. Uh, uh, there's... I also have another question. All right, but wait, wait. Let me let me try to suss something out. Uh-huh. Have you guys had a, a decent sexual encounter yet? Um, not really. It, li- not really. But you've had intercourse. Yeah, a couple of times. And it's been unfulfilling. Yeah. Because? Well, because if he gets hard, it's not for very long. Right. And <clears throat> sometimes it's hard for him even to, like, get hard. And it's just, like, it's... It's, like, annoying if I keep on trying and trying and trying. I know, but you can't get annoyed. Right. Because that only puts more pressure on him, and it just makes it worse. And I'll tell you, he's probably not telling you the truth because he's probably going, it's never happened before, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, okay. All right, what's your second question, uh, Marissa? Um, It's, okay, well, this guy that I met, like, uh, I kind of dated a year ago. I just ran into him a couple days ago and um, at a concert, and... 
basically when we were together, um, we we had a very like interesting relationship. It was it was kind of long distance, and um, she was like the first person I ever had anal sex with. Mm. And um, well, you, you always wait a remember. You I did that long distance. What <laughs> you did that long distance? What's the long distance relationship? All right, uh, you, hold on. Let me let me talk to Dave for a second. Oh. Um, Please don't belittle our audience. Oh, They're very thick. Okay, Their man. They're thick is a, a brick but barbecue. Anal sex. I know, I know. Uh, you'd think someone who had anal sex would have a sense of humor. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, but Did please, I warn it? you, no pun jokes. Oh, okay. uh, no, no play on words. All right. All right. I got the joke. Uh, I understood what you were saying. All right, All right uh, Marissa. Hook right. me up. I'm back here, baby. Okay, I'm right um, for and you. then basically, I, I ran into him. I, we have not even spoken in a year because he was uh, surfing in Costa Rica for a year. Right. I saw him a couple of days ago, and it was just—I mean, it was very strange. But he—he he, he was like, I fantasize. Like, I guess I was the only person that he's had that with too, and he's the only person that I've had that with. And um, I mean, he's a lot older than me. And All then right. He, All right. So you, you're wait, building. Wait, wait, wait. And then he. And then. Well, he was like, I fantasized about you a lot when I was away and all the stuff and going on and on. And then, I don't know, we had it again. I just don't know. Like, Wait a minute. You just, had it again? She just tossed that out there. Yeah. You, you, so you did it again, right? Yeah. In spite of your well, boyfriend. Yeah, but see... You, she, she tried to get by. She tried to yeah, just she tried to drop that wow. on the table and walk away. Listen, I've never seen uh, heard sodomy uh, <laughs> tossed out that quickly before in my entire life. So you enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable experience, right? Right, Marissa? Did I enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, it like I don't know. She's it's into this guy. Like some, kind of, some kind Go of... See, see the other Marissa, guy. you're a mess. Listen, uh, forget <laughs> about this guy. The forget about the, I forgot about him. I listen, forget about both guys. <laughs> really, please. You know what? It's interesting. They are really on both ends of the same spectrum, aren't they? Oh, imagine yeah. this news. Wait a minute, what's wrong with the second guy if she hadn't enjoyed it? Uh, he doesn't like her. He, she, he's, uh, he's just a tight, she's just a tight orifice uh, for his, um, for his uh, longboard. No, 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 uh, she, he's, he's talking about the first guy, right? The, the... No, no, the first guy is a loser. Uh, we, right. You know, we try, try right. to give him a chance. She's obviously attracted to the other guy. Go with the other guy. Yeah, but and, and by he, the way, he's he, not he, into her. The, the the guy the guy that has all these pent up aggressions and a difficulty dealing with his anxiety is looking for a castrating woman. He found one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hope she didn't tell the first guy about and, the second guy. And the second and, and then she is looking to be abused by the second. I mean, we could do some betting on Marissa if you wanted to. Uh, all right. I I, I want to get back to her. Actually, we got to move on. The Marissa, uh-huh. just hold on for a minute. Okay. And we want to get into you uh, a little bit later. Uh, Ed, 22, you're on Loveline. Yeah. Hi, my name's uh, Ed. Hey, what's up, man? And I'm from Cincinnati, and um, I am a white man with a, bi- a big penis, and everybody makes fun of me because of it. Well, how does everybody know? Because um, it, at, at school, um, they've seen it in the shower. Uh-huh. You're 22, Ed. Yeah, I'm in college. Right. You taking showers with guys at college? Yeah, mostly black men. Uh-huh. And how, and how does that make you feel bad? Um. I wish I had no, your problems, man. Kind of. No, are, are well. Uh, how yeah. big is it? It's it's about twelve inches. It's kind of deformed. <laughs> does it pull? Uh, does it list uh, to one side or the other, yes, Ed? To the right. 
Toward the right. Yeah. All right, so you have All a right. Republican piece. Oh, 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 hold we're on, we're hold running on. late for break. What, what, wait, 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 I got to get into this, David, man. David, yeah. buddy. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> it's Tom. Hey, Tommy. How are you, man? What's up, man? Hey, what's, your, what's your problem, man? Well, first of all, I love this show. Thank I listen you. to this show all the time. It's great. <laughs> um, well, I do have a real problem, a serious one. Aaron, you remember my coworker that you counseled on the plane last week? I was telling these guys how I was helping everybody. Yeah, Aaron, she, yes? She, uh... Broke up with her boyfriend that you suggested yeah. she do. Exactly. She's on the line with me right now. Oh. Put her on. Yes, Aaron, how are you? I'm fantastic now. Don't you feel better? Oh, I feel free now. <laughs> exactly. Didn't I help you? You helped me. You really did. He just wanted to get in your pants, no, Aaron. I not at all. Sorry. Aaron, let me tell you something. Go slowly. Find someone who deserves you. You're oh, a wonderful person. Well, what's Aaron look like? She good looking? Be, yes, oh, okay. very beautiful. It may be a black man this time, Aaron. <laughs> <clears throat> really? Maybe in the entertainment field. That's all I'm going to tell you, honey. Well, you know, Aaron is uh, part, uh, what'd you call it, David? Uh, she's an octoroon, I believe. <laughs> a quadroon. Your grandmother was uh, African American. Am I right, Aaron? Yes, you are. It's true. She's a, she's a, qua a, a, a quadroon. quadroon. Yes. And so I'm going to help her discover that side of herself. Oh, uh, yeah. So you need a little Mendingo love. There you uh, go, from baby. David Allen Greer to help you uh, get, in, well, get in touch with your roots by getting it's in touch true. with his roots. There you I, go. I guess is, uh, would be the go. angle there. Aaron, I'm so happy for you. Oh, thanks. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Tom. Yes? Uh, Two things, yep. uh, a bunch of things. So okay. First, uh, you have to come on this show. I'd love to. I've been on there once. Yeah, oh, that's true. I, years ago. I, I was ago. not here when Tom Arnold no. was uh, here last. Okay. All right. People uh, don't know. People don't know how how healthy Tom is right now. Yes. The therapy. He's totally sober. Actually, he was one of my favorite guests of all time. He's, he's, he's an open, open book. Open. He's an Absolutely. open book. All right, sometimes a little too open, Tom. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, <laughs> okay. A little bit too open. My wife doesn't like it. Oh boy. But, I get in trouble. Tom, are you serious? Are you a fan of the show? No, absolutely, I'm a fan. I tried to call a million times when uh, um, I'm looking at their picture right now. The band uh, uh, Collective Soul was on. I was trying to. I was, oh, that's right. I was They're... hanging out with them, and I couldn't get through. But I love the show. It's very. All good. right. Well, you need to come on then. Uh, here's what we need to do. We're, we got to go to break. We'll yeah. put you on hold, and then uh, you can hang out and uh, jump in on some of these calls and do all that. And we'll talk about the movie and everything else. Oh, is that okay, David? Yes, Tommy. Okay, buddy. All, all right, man. hang on there, uh, okay. Tom. All right, uh, the great Tom Arnold on the other line. Uh, David Allen Greer is in here. Uh, Dr. Drew is here, but uh, he's always here, so no big deal. And uh, when we come back, uh, more of the aforementioned. Fastest drummer from Loveline. Hi, when I'm not drumming, up a storm. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Loveline will be right back. If it's not, sue me or something. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out TrueCar and TrueCar's mobile app. TrueCar not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for. Down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted TrueCar certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay, download the TrueCar app today. 
Yo! More Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He is David Allen Greer. And Tom Arnold still remains on the phone from last break. He had a question for David. Let me ask you this, David, honestly. Yes, yes. Do you believe that that it's true, a genetic thing about black men having bigger penises than white men? Now, you know what, Tom? I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, I'm going to tell you from the heart, it is absolutely true. It's not so much the length, it's the girth. Oh, and, that, the, uh, that the black man has? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Thick around the base. Is that true? Oh, absolutely true, Tommy. And this goes out to all the Caucasian men out there. I'll tell you. God has a plan. Tom, can say. I have uh, the definitive word on this. Yes. I know what's going on. There's a couple of angles. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm going to take issue with uh, David and say it, kidding. it is an, all normal. It is an illusion. I'll tell you why it is an illusion. Uh, well, no, actually, it's a truth. But uh, let me explain. No, it's not. Tell is them it it's true? not the let truth. Me explain. Drew, it's not the truth. I'll tell you why it's perpetuated. Uh, two reasons. A, uh, white does not show things very well. Like in bodybuilding competitions, what do the guys do? They, 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 get they tan. They get tan because it shows the definition, the striation, and the go. size. <clears throat> so when so, you take a white penis and a black penis, the same size, the black one is going to look bigger. Yes, the veiny, bulbous striations. <laughs> right. That's what you're talking about. Is that really what it is? <laughs> yes. Also, the black man has smaller testicles, which makes hey, the penis look bigger it. in comparison. Tom, I think Tom has an announcement for all of us. You're coming out of uh, the proverbial closet tonight, aren't you, Tommy? Yes, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, heterosexual. Oh, I want my everybody to watch my show. Oh, We're going against Ellen on the 20th, uh, 30th. It's going to be big. But, you know, is that true? No. Dr. Drew, no. come on, tell him. No. We're all normal, right? That, uh, that they, they, yeah, I see. But you know what? It just seems to me, and I hope nobody thinks this is racist to say this, but although this is what stereotype I think. I think would. we all will endorse this. Yeah. Uh, that's why the black people are less buoyant, by the way. The smaller <laughs> testicles, and I float them as well. Right to the bottom, that's baby. That's right. No, that's a falsehood. Though. But uh, Tom, come on, back yeah. me up, yes, Doctor yes, yes, Tom, yes, yes, I will yes. tell you. I will tell you. I'll tell you the reason Mostly. why. Why most people think the black penis is bigger? Do most and people all, think all that? Honestly, you yes. have right. several women here. Do you guys think that? Yes, They're they all do. Nodding. Oh boy. Here's the situation. What exposure does the average guy have to a black penis? Well, you know, men's etiquette. When you're in the bathroom, you're not really supposed to check out the other guy. You're it, supposed to look up at the ceiling, look straight it, ahead. It's in the flaccid phase, anyway. You're telling me that black guys with small penises don't play sports. No, porn, <laughs> porn movies. They don't leave the house. Porn, porn movies, movies yeah. is my angle. Yeah, but you can't look to porn movies to see anything normal. They're not. Yeah, but they will not hire a black guy with a small penis in a porn movie. They won't hire anybody with a small penis. No, there are white guys with small penises. That's true. This apparently. is the racial hypocrisy. Well, you know, that's some of the racism that has existed in our society. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that's right, you know, my the brother. The black man has to be twice as good. That's right. Twice as big and twice as thick at the base. Well, you know, I don't see, yeah, yeah, I don't see too many small penises. You must be watching those home videos. Ow, ow. I'm saying there are a handful of veteran porn actors who do not have tremendously large genitalia, but there's no way they're going to have a black guy in there with a pinky-sized penis uh, <laughs> swinging around. They'll toss his yeah. ass right out of the business. Well, bring the whole this, race down. This, this is up, David, I talked about all last Last week we traveled from town to town. The porn in hotels uh, that you, you could order is that uh, like R-rated porn, yeah. and that is uh, they don't show 
they cut things off. You know, you'd never see a penis. Not that I need to. Uh, Tom, you and Adam were separated at birth, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adam complains about this all the time. I know. Oh, hey, yeah. I mean, that's bad news. I mean, it's just because uh, most of the time, men are men. Men are the guys who are doing it. Are, are, we, on, are we on the radio right now? It, it's it's is hard. This, is this thing on? It is hardcore <laughs> pornography that has been edited yeah. to just the sweaty close-up shots of the guy's face yeah. right. uh, saying, "Oh yeah." That's and I, I I I'm not gay when I say this. And Tom, uh, be honest. I know you'll back me up on this. After uh, an hour. Hour and forty-five minutes of watching this, you've never wanted to see a penis so badly in your entire life. I've never watched a porn movie for an hour and forty-five minutes. Just no, about I don't, I don't seven and a half minutes. David, I don't know about you, but there's certain things I have to see uh-huh. so I get that connection in my head. Then well, that's I your geek, man. That's what gets you. Up. <laughs> women, as a, as a matter of fact, the women's porn. Like if women were to make porn, it's a little different than totally men. different. Yeah. It would be about uh, candlelighted dinners. There you go. Right, and, and bathtub. Ours has a candle, except for it's going in their ass. Oh, it's, it's, all right. And it, it, it's be candlelighted, but you have to see. I don't know how to say this so nicely, but I I like to see a little uh, bush. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> look out! I voted for him. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me. All right. I don't want to get into any Roseanne stuff, but did, no, 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 did, no. Uh, let's did, take a call, shall we? Okay. Yeah, Julie, we, my wife, she doesn't like it. She's oh. bad when I turn the TV on and it has the Playboy channel and stuff. Hey, I got, I got a question, Doctor Drew. Uh, vibrators in yeah. bed? Is that cool? Yeah. Well, like, what, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I know that there's some women who the think that if a guy brings a vibrator in bed, he's just a lazy lover. Mm. Then there are other no. women who say no. uh, it's all good. You know, there are also guys that are afraid of that because they, you know, it was something I feared younger because I thought, why would anybody need this when they have me? But, you know. Why would anybody need you? Why would anybody need you when they have that? Yeah, that's right. There's yeah, but now that you're older, aren't you like, Tony? Just here's some batteries. I'll see you in the morning. Yeah, but here's the deal. Here's the deal, guys. This is we're all speaking like from our Y chromosome. Uh, women have much more substantial needs in their physical intimacies than than just the act and just the orgasm and this men. It's a much more mechanical thing. You got to remember, we 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 have a preoccupation. We we are bothered by this all day long. Right. Women, women don't think about sex most of the day. They think about intimacies and their feelings. And it, uh, it, no, really. Yeah, it, it, right. Most of them. They're, they're not bothered by it in the way we are constantly. Yeah. I prefer uh, plagued, hounded, and haunted, but, but, but not no, bothered. No, listen, listen, I will say this. Every person is different. Every woman yes, that absolutely. I've ever been with absolutely. is different. Absolutely. Very, very different. And but, you but, just have to get to know your partner. But for the needs. most part, w- women's needs are on a very emotional level. And to assume that a mechanical device is going to replace a human being completely misses how, he, how how female human beings work. Well, I get real emotional if I don't get if I don't have sex with my wife. Say that. <laughs> well, I think most of husbands do talk. Get set up. You guys have fun. I'm going to listen. It'd be funny, David. All right, Tommy. All right, Tom. Thanks for calling in. All righty. All right. Uh, Tom Arnold, everybody. What's going on? Oh, I didn't put him on hold? Did I work it out? Uh, hey, he's fine. All right. Uh, David Allen Greer is here. Uh, Dr. Drew is here as usual. Uh, Drew, why don't you sell the hell out of the next call, and then we'll go to break and uh, right. tackle it. You want to talk to Sandy first? Let her say it. All right. Where's Sandy? Four. Oh, okay. Sandy. Sandy. Okay. Real fast. What's your problem? Um. All right. Just, uh, Drew, that was the she, worst right, goddamn she was, idea right, I ever heard. Recently separated. Ex-husband makes her jealous by being with other girls. All right. How old is she? Line, I'll be right back after we kill the singer. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah! 
Film Vault. This week, uh, we just wrapped uh, the most recent episode. Good one. And we realized that because we just ran down the list of movies that we went into detail about. Pretty much solid movies all across the board. So many solid picks, including movies that are streaming right now, movies that are in theaters, as well as our top five. Well, I would call them physically handicapped. Maybe that's not PC. Physically challenged characters. We're not always PC on the show, so don't that's worry true. about that. Learn about the top five physically challenged characters in cinema this week on the Film Vault. Film Vault. Over at Podcast One. That's Owen. These are the these are fine examples of the types of guests we enjoy here on Love Line. Yes, smart guys, Quick. got a lot to say. Right, had some experiences in life. Busy. Aren't scared to share them. Yes, that's the key, really. What do you mean really? busy? Well, I mean they're talented and busy, and they have interesting lives, and they have a lot. They have a lot going on now, and they're not willing to share about their past. And it's interesting to see what gets people where they are. I would like all celebrities who come on this show from this day forth to make up a molestation. Uh, case if they if it didn't actually happen to them at some point in their childhood what do you say drew uh can we make that policy no no all right so uh tom arnold first david allen greer second Uh, i'd like to thank david for coming on the show Uh, i love it I, i can't tell you man i love it i was analyzing every person on our little uh I call it the Planet Hollywood van because it was like, ooh, private jet. But then when you put eight people in a six-seater, ooh, oh, right. man. Right. Uh, uh, now, wait a minute. I want to I I hold with Sandy for a second because we never got back to uh, Marissa, who uh, we may do some gambling on. As a matter of fact, we're going to. Uh, David, uh, get a dollar out, please. All right. Uh, Marissa. Uh-huh. All right. Now, you are the uh, young gal who uh, has a boyfriend. It's been a couple of months. Uh, no, set- not, not total, but not serious boyfriend. Sex. Oh, she's qualifying it now because we found out what she's actually been into during this relationship. Sex is uh, not fulfilling with him, and you went out and uh, revisited the uh, forbidden uh, butt zone uh, with the uh, the international surfer. The old dirt road. Oh, can, can, it is a dusty trail, too. Uh, Look out. Uh, get along there. Hey. All right. Uh, and here's the thing. I mean, this has got to hurt uh, as a... Uh, imagine dating this girl. And it's like, uh, what, I, I, honey, I cheated. What did you do? Make out with some guy? Uh, no. Uh, what did you do? Grab your brain? Uh, no, no, we're not totally dating. We're not exclusive. All right. I guess you're not. All right. Uh, Mar- Marissa, yeah? we are going to gamble on your past. Okay. All right. Is, is it an interesting one? Yeah. We should, we should be gambling. Um, if you want to. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, do we want to ask her any more questions? No, no, or we no. We've right heard it? the whole deal. Here. All right. Here's the deal, uh, David. Mm-hmm. What we do on this show is we try to figure out why right. people are where they are today. Okay. And it's always based on their upbringing. Uh, what experience. Something that was done to them or right. something that wasn't given to them. Right. Uh, but this is how they got where they are today. Your dad will tell you all about oh, it. Oh, boy. Now... Uh, people look at this as a cruel practice because, uh, and it is in the sense that, you know, I, I'm disappointed when I put a dollar down and, and, and found out that they weren't actually, um, molested. Right. I'm, I'm actually disappointed. Well, you have a bet, my friend. Uh, but, uh. It does help illustrate how the uh, past uh, creates the uh, future and present. Now, well, let me tell you something. Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think this young lady's a free thinker. It is 1997, and all orifices can be sources of pleasure. Right. So that's the route I'm going. Yeah, but we got to talk about the past. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
uh, and uh, what's behind her. Uh, okay, pardon, I say she was not molested. That's what I say. All right, but well, that's whatever. not good enough. We need something well, more. Why specific. does she? Why does she need a guy that's? Uh, abusive and scary and but so dangerous. But she didn't say he was abusive. Right, she right, just right, said right, they what, had what, anal sex. Right, just, that right. in itself is not abusive. Now, no, no, you, no, Dr. No, no. Drew, are telling more of your secrets by saying just because you have anal sex, it's no, abusive. No, I'm not talking about the anal sex part. I'm right. talking about the fact that he he comes back and has a one-night thing with her, and then he right. just leaves her, doesn't care about her, and he seduces her in these sort of overt, dangerous kinds of ways. She's vulnerable. She's with the guy she really she likes. Vulnerable? Because she's with the guy she really likes who cannot perform and satisfy her. And it's natural that you think about the last best sexual experience. You're fantasizing about about it with the boyfriend who can't get it up, and all of a sudden the fantasy comes to life. Yeah, then, then Pow. This is fine, but but then sort of paint her family background. Us. Okay. Drew, why don't you go beer first? Cans, no, no, beer no. cans in the living room. Okay. Maybe even a okay. Harley and various okay. Okay. Uh, stages of disrepair. And th- th- who's somebody an alcoholic in the family or no? Just uh, just sort of. I'd say mom. Mom's alcoholic, yeah. sort of a harsh environment. Yeah. All right. So uh, right. David, that's that's a but that's a for real. Right. That that has things attached to it. Those kinds mm-hmm. of childhoods. David's right. going for uh, biker trash and uh, mom's alcoholic. Mom's an alcoholic. Drew, that's a good. That's I like that. Uh, <laughs> I stole your thunder, didn't I, my friend? No, no, it's because it's 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 uh, it has an interesting uh, uh, stole the uh, Yale man. Whoa! <laughs> <All right. laughs> Go ahead, Dun- stole. Uh, <laughs> All right, don't get into the ebonics. Dun- stole, please. That's very insulting. <laughs> you know, when I first read him, he was like, "Hey, what's up, brother? You gonna do a little old man river chicken uh, grease? Don't get none on your homie." <laughs> All right, uh, 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 maybe the big family thing again, and was began began. Uh, all right, was was um, quasi sexually abused at a at a at a very young like ten eleven. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Began be, in sort of a didn't really realize that's what was happening to her. Go with the same kind of family background that that uh, David brings up. Right, that I'm there was a, change my bed. I'm going to change my bed. No. All right. I that there was somebody was an alcoholic, chaotic family system. All right, I'll go with uh, I'll go with dad. Uh, um, not, uh, not abusive, uh, possibly alcoholic, and uh, very distant. Okay. Uh, not around, not right. there. For You're forgetting her. the guy's older than her. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, damn, oh, damn, damn, damn. Uh, Marissa, yeah? tell us about the family. All right, um, my parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. They got divorced when I was like in eighth, seventh grade, maybe. Mm. And my dad lives in California. And um, I don't know. I, I think that my mom might have a. Neither of them. I mean, my dad's successful. My mom. Is semi-successful, but I think that she might have had just a weird because um she has a long-distance boyfriend that they just broke up. He, he's a jazz musician player. He's a what? Jazz, jazz musician jazz player. Yeah. player. Yeah. And uh, any alcoholism? Um, not really. Maybe like my uncle. I mean, like. How many siblings do you have? A brother, a younger brother. Okay. And how old were you when you first became sexually active? Um, I was seventeen. Seventeen. Nothing before that. No. What? What do you mean? No. <laughs> Not really. What, what happened before oh, that? Oh boy. What? What happened before that? No, nothing really. I mean, just like one friend. I don't know. I, it wasn't sex or anything. How, what, tell us about that episode. How were you when that happened? I I don't know. Maybe eleven. I mean, it was just like. Uh-uh. What? Tell us more. Oh, I don't know. I can't. It was just like a good friend, and they kind of like. This is what I was talking about. This kind of uh, un, uh, not really acknowledged sexual abuse, but she was male abused. or female friend. <laughs> male. Are you the same age. Yeah. And what happened? I don't. I mean, not nothing really. We were just like we fooled around like a lot, you know, kind of when 
you play when you're little kids, I guess. Now, now, hold on. She brings up something very uh, interesting, yes. Dr. Drew. The difference between sexual abuse <coughs> and sexual exactly. play. Exactly. Yeah. There's a natural curiosity yes. that it, kids... Uh, but kids do not sexualize that play. Right. It's not directed. It's not mm. intercourse. It, it's ex- right. it's exploring. Uh-huh. It's fact-finding, but it's not sexualized. <laughs> I like that fact-finding. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Lewis and Clark. I'm doing research. Uh, well, what did you guys do, uh, Marissa? Um, nothing really. I mean, nothing major. Like whatever it is, you can't tell us. We've asked you six times now, and you said nothing really. Pretty much just kissing and stuff. You think? Yeah. What? What? I I can't really remember. I mean, suppressed memory. But why? I think I think most of my problem is recently, just like, um, ever since I was eighteen, like ever since I had a really good boyfriend, and then we broke up. I've had really hard problems like finding someone. Like who initiated the? what? Who initiated the first experience with anal sex? Probably both. You both at the same moment went, hey, I got an idea. It was like that commercial with the Reese's peanut butter cup. The, the, the guy's walking with the chocolate. The other guy's uh, up on a ladder <laughs> with a thing of peanut butter and bam, it just happened. No, really, really. You say you both did? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think, you know what I think? I think, Dr. Drew, you have a problem with this. You have a problem with anal sex. Uh, no, no, he that's he, not the issue. He was getting a vibe off of uh, Marissa and Drew. Uh, the family was fine. Apparently, uh, they were well to do. So the uh, white trash is out the window. There was no alcoholism, as far as we know. So uh, that bet has been lost. Drew came closest with the sexual experience at uh, ten or eleven, which he called, but it was not uh, an but abusive not situation. No. So the pot rides. Yes. Okay. So Marissa. So Marissa is just acting out something. Right. And whatever it is, if she hasn't had, you know, she has a, has had a reasonably stable past, she'll figure this out. Right. And I wasn't getting a serious vibe off of her, a serious gambling I, I, I'm vibe. getting a serious, but I was getting a serious man-hating thing going on. No. Yeah, yeah, I really am. Really? Yeah. All right. A lot of aggression <laughs> towards men. And the fact that dad left at a young age, you know, unresolved ask stuff. Nah, well, let, that, real quick. Uh, let me ask her. Uh, uh, for real Christ's quick. Come on, sake. come on. Marissa? Uh, Marissa. Are you angry about at man at all? Do you have feel a sense you're kind of aggressive and angry towards man? Um, sometimes. Yeah. I, I think they're frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. They haven't been as nice. I mean, that's what that's what I get from you. You saw yeah, a lot of unresolved aggression worse. about men, and and you know, don't don't focus on acting that stuff out in your relationships. Try to get some of the other needs met first, and uh, find other ways to release your anger and aggression. Well, Drew. Yeah. I know your policy has always been you don't like colored people, oh, but please. Well, I heard you say it the other... Please. All right, well, anyway, I'm saying that uh, David certainly has to break that mold for you. David is a great guy. (laughs) (laughs) Just raking my partner over the coals. Um, Drew? Yeah. Anything you'd like to say before we say bye to David? No, just say bye to David. Bye, David. All of my most sensitive areas were inflamed. Really? Loveline will be right back to deal with inflamed sensitive areas. Thank goodness football season is finally here. And no matter what you're into, we've got you covered. We've got the self-titled Ross Tucker Football Podcast. If you want to know what's going on in the NFL, we've got the Fantasy Feast. If you want to make sure you are best prepared for your fantasy team this year, or how about the Even Money Podcast? 
for those of you that like to wager on the games. Available now. Available now. At podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. Well, I think we've squeezed just about as much neuroses into two hours as we possibly can. Well, Tom Tom accelerated that squeezing. Yeah, you really could spread him out over an entire week. Oh yeah. Nice to nice to know that some of the celebs are um, just as effed up as some of the callers, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But what and, I mean and experience is experience is similar to the callers, and still, in spite of that, do quite fine. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think, uh, a lot of the listeners think that uh, a lot of celebrities, musicians, uh, movie stars, and those types uh, grew up in some plastic bubble. They were captain of the football team or, uh, you know, uh, head of the drama committee or something, uh, dated the the cheerleaders, and everything uh, came up rosy. As you've heard from uh, Tom, at least, things uh, were not so grand, but he's managed to overcome. Yeah? Yeah, he really has, and he continues to work on it. The uh, Dr. Drew School of Radio, complete with the head nod. So, David Allen Greer, thank you very much. Tom Arnold, thank you very much. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.